Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. As always, the goal of this podcast is to empower you with topics as well as guests that will take your business or your life to the next level. Today, I'm very excited to have Carrie Ann Powell as my guest. So let me just tell you a little bit about Carrie Ann. She is committed to spreading the gospel that running a small business and medium-sized business is vital and important to our economies. Yet it doesn't have to feel like going, like trying to manage a chaotic tornado. Business owners can run their business smoothly and feel confident that they will thrive. Please join me in welcoming Carrie Ann Powell and our talk today is Smooth Operator, like the song. <laughs> you can run your business smoothly without chaos and stress. Carrie Ann Powell. Hi, Vicki. How are Hello. you? I am well. Such a beautiful smile you have. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Thank you for having me on your fantastic podcast. It I love is it. my pleasure. So I always start with the easy question of where do you call home? Where do you live? Well, you know, it's a longer question because, you know, so, you know, my mother and my family were from Florida, mm -hmm. but I spent a large part of my adulthood in Washington, D.C., Oh. So I actually feel Washington D is Washington DC is home. But right now my business is based out of Stanford, Connecticut. <laughs> oh my goodness. So you yeah. just have got the whole Eastern seaboard. <laughs> I know, I tell you. <laughs> All right. So I'm sure everybody wants to get to, to know how we can get out of chaos, but how long did it take to get from Washington DC? Mm -hmm. district uh, uh, dc attorney mm -hmm. a lobbyist fundraising <laughs> to being a business strategist i mean really an attorney to a strategist how can that happen how can it possibly happen <laughs> that's right there's got to be a something way well you on. know what what i end up doing so when i got to washington i finished lot my law degree and um I was practicing law and um, loved it and started, um, I was a, a lobbyist for a time doing a food safety stuff. And um, during that time, before I went to law school, I was a professional fundraiser. Oh, so wow. when the watch, when the Washington DC Martin Luther King Memorial was being built, um, they needed someone to come in to do fundraising um, on a high level. And I just happened to have had that skill set. Mm -hmm. And of course it's the wash, it's, it's the Martin Luther King Memorial. So I was, very excited to leave my lobbying job to work on this project. Of course, I thought I was going to do it for a couple of years and head back to law, but clearly I never did. Never. But once we built, once I was able to help to raise the 120 million uh, plus that we did and built that wonderful memorial that's sitting there, mm -hmm. um, I thought to myself, wow, that was a huge 
thing in my life. And it really helped to, me to think about, you know, what it takes to really right. lead the team. And we had a small team. A lot of people thought we had a very large team, but, you know, a lot of people, so, you know, building, so it was almost like we were a small business, mm -hmm. but yet, you know, it was vital and important. It was an international level project right. and I needed to bring in over $120 million. And so during that stage, I mean, when I first got the position, you know, I can imagine I was chaotic. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was going to say, being <laughs> a life, lawyer too, goodness. Yeah, you, I mean, Vicky, I can't tell you the level of chaos I was dealing with. And then I was like, no, there has to be better ways to organize this process and make it work so we can mm -hmm. be successful as a smaller team. And so once we finished the memorial, I really was really excited about working with, I really first started working with executive women um, mm -hmm. around this, but then I just evolved into, you know, me working with small and medium-sized businesses that are owned by not only women, but women and men, but of mm -hmm. course, the majority of my clients are women. Um, and so that's how I transitioned. When I left that project, I was like, you know, I want to be able to use the skills and the tools and the ideas that I came from, that I got from doing this major project right. and really help others to, to do the same. Yeah, because they're probably not going to want 120 million. They'll just be happy with a couple million. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll talk a little bit more about small, medium businesses and mm -hmm. why they are so important to the world, as we talked about in the intro. Yeah. Well, you know, so, you know, you, you hear a lot about the big ones, right? The big major companies like, you know, the Apples and the, the Googles and such. But when you think about um, the, the most, most of the businesses in mm -hmm. the world, 90% are small and medium-sized businesses. Most people work for mm -hmm. a small and medium-sized business. We look at the amount of innovation coming out of business and it's coming from small and medium-sized businesses. Mm -hmm. When you think about the, uh, the companies that support local communities, what are they? Small and medium-sized businesses. Mm -hmm. You look at the tax base, the taxes that support the infrastructure of communities. What are mm -hmm. those? Small, medium-sized businesses. So, you know, I think it's very important that, um, that, that there's a role that owners of these businesses play in not just their communities, not just in supporting the lives of their employees and the mm -hmm. families of their employees, but also how the nation, our nation evolves and nations around the world, and then how our world evolves. So right. I think it's very important that we invest in small and medium-sized businesses and making sure that they have the things they need to thrive, because if they don't, we see the impact. Wow. So true. Yeah. So can running a thriving business feel non-chaotic, <laughs> non non-stressful? Can, can that happen? Like, is it possible? Is that like sort is of it, a... Is it a magic wand you have that says... The unicorn no, hanging out? <laughs> that's right. You know, is it a different dimension where we have? ask me that question all the time they're like uh are you are you drinking What's going on? Yeah, that's right and i want that kool-aid <laughs> i know really well you know here's my posture on 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 smoothly running now of course a business is one of those things where people you know we're going to have ups and downs but i think what we have come to think of as normal chaos in a business are actually 
symptoms of sinister problems that can indeed lead to business failure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you start looking at some of the things when I talk about chaos, you know, I'm talking about inconsistent cash flow, low revenue. That's that's chaos, right? When you start looking at, you know, when the when the owner cannot walk away from the business without feeling like it's going to implode, mm. that's a problem. When yeah. you have a situation when the staff is not performing well, but we continue to let that happen or not hiring staff. Hello, Vicky. That happens so much with businesses, particularly owned by women. They just want to continue to be a solopreneur. They, they're just stressed out. They're trying to manage their business mm. plus their families, plus all the things they do in their communities. Um, and it's just, you know, that is chaos. And yeah. you would, you, you'd be surprised to know that those things I've just described are in the top seven reasons for why businesses fail. Yeah. You know, 75% of businesses fail because of lack of cash, but yet I can't tell you how many times, you know, a business owner will come to me and they're like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, getting help, but it's all, you know, I said, well, how's your cash flow? okay i'm like what's revenue looking like oh you know for the past i don't know four quarters i haven't hit my goal i'm like that's a problem you know that's a big problem so i think that um you know the question that you asked is it possible to run a business smoothly absolutely if you can identify what the root causes are because mm -hmm. once you focus on the root causes so those four things i mentioned are just simply symptoms mm -hmm. but if you can focus on the root causes and begin to put those into place then all of those chaotic ups and downs that you see happening can be more like little blips yeah. like this and that's where the unicorn steps in it's not that you're not going to have any problems in a the business there are right. natural problems that happen in a business that are actually kind of exciting and allows you know entrepreneurs are crazy people to be like creative the, though too. You know, right to be creative but when you have all of this happening all the time no that's not okay and i think we have allowed i think we have a i don't know in the entrepreneurial world and small business world it's like it's like a badge of honor to say oh yeah i'm really exhausted i'm really tired or my you know it's almost like it's okay or it's like the way things should be. But in the end, if you have that kind of chaos, it is a sign that there's real big problems and it does lead to either, you know, a, a, a business not thriving yeah. or possibly failing because that's just how it works. From that, I, I thought of a couple things or was reminded of a couple things. First of all, you have to make, you have to spend money to make money. That was the first thing that I thought. Hello, Vicky. <laughs> and then the second one thing. Say it one more time. You have, for the, for the cheap spend, in the back. you have to spend money to make money, people. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> then the other thing was that, um, you know, women do have a, a problem with delegating. You know, we can do it better ourselves. We can do mm -hmm. it faster, you know, and, and patience mm -hmm. is a virtue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and mm -hmm. you definitely have to learn that. And but yeah. But also, I think that, um, you know, as you said, the, the failures, the chaos, the stress that, that comes is really the opportunity for you to really get creative, to really use your creative juices to take yes. that, that, whatever you're doing to the next level. You are absolutely right. You are absolutely right. And I think, you know, we start thinking about, you know, because I, I one of the reasons why I love working with business owners, it's not just the business itself. You know, we often said our business, like, you know, 
we love the business, but we love the owner more because yeah. in the end, I think that if the, 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 the beautiful thing about us being on this planet right now, the time that we are, is that, you know, we're having this human experience, right? And one of the one of the beautiful things about being a human is growth. That's yes. what you see in nature. You see it in everything. It's mm -hmm. all about growth. When we run a business, we are it, it is taking us to the places where we're going to have to grow. We have yeah. to grow mm -hmm. if we're going to run a business. So when we see these challenges, it's just an opportunity, as you said, to be creative, yeah. to grow, to step into our power. And be able to say, yes, I, I'm going to identify what the root cause is and begin to fix it. Yeah. And not try to put your head in the sand and ignore the fact that mm -hmm. month, you know, quarter after quarter, you're not hitting your revenue goals. Oh, well, you know, happen next quarter, but nothing changes in your behavior. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I really think it's a, it's gives us the opportunity, to, as you said, to be creative and to grow. And I think that's the beauty of it, frankly. Sure. So why are some SMEs, subject matter experts, not growing? Mm -hmm. They're not scaling. And and how can they fix that? How can they, I guess, change their mindset? Yeah. Well, you know, I think that the first thing is to pause first and say, this Why? chaos is not okay. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Second thing would be to then identify what symptom of chaos is happening in your business. I mean, there might be all of them, but let's mm -hmm. say it's an issue of cash flow. Okay be real about and acknowledge that don't just try to say well you know you know it's you know this quarter is because of this and then that quarter was because of this. <laughs> just, just recognize the thing then from there take a look at so i have about eight culprits that i that i have found based on my work with small businesses that um that that i can point to as being the fundamental cause the root <laughs> cause of chaos and, you know, one of them really is the, that there's not like, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs yeah. are kind of crazy. We do the whole thing. But the first thing is really that there's not enough foundational stuff happening in the business. You know, we had an idea and then, you know, people said it was, you know, like you're a baker, right? Oh, people said your cakes are great. Okay. I'm going to start selling my cakes. And I think that's lovely, but then there's no business plan. Yeah. There's no vision for the for the business there's no product formulation you didn't test to see if the market was ready for those beautiful cakes that you made i mm. mean there's no is the business model that you've created is that even you know a model that will work um even like the idea of what's your exit strategy out of the business because at some mm. point you need to create right. that so there's right. some fundamental things that don't exist in many businesses because they went from I make great cakes to now I own a bakery. You know? Yeah, it's like, right. It's like, wait a minute. And and also, you know, I make great cakes and then, oh, it took off. And, oh, now I have to manage people. And oh, I don't know anything about doing know. that. I know, I know, I know. Because that's actually one of the issues was it, one of the mm. fundamental issues is that the when, you know, when you have a team that's working below par and you know what, what the issue was with, with that is, normally it's because we said okay we we can't do it alone so you know you're going to bake these cakes yeah mm -hmm. and we have to bring more people in but 
oh, Judy's son or my best friend, Judy, his, his son, you know, her son is, 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 is a good worker. So I'm going to hire him. And then, you know, my, my best friend, Edith, you know, she just left corporate. She'll come and work with me. There's no org chart. There's no job description. There's nothing. So you have these people that you're hiring and nobody knows exactly what they're supposed to be doing. So they're tripping yeah. over them. I mean, when there's two people, it's fine. You just divvy the work. But what happens when you're building it and you're building it strong? So a large part of that is knowing who, what, what you need, what's the org chart, what does it take to actually do that job that's in that box? Yeah. Hiring people that are qualified for that box and they're sitting in the right box and they're moving on the right bus, right? So yeah. therefore, so that's one of the big issues I've noticed is that, you know, and I, particularly for women-owned businesses, because, you know, we, we're, we we're, you know, normally caregivers. So we're like, oh, we're going to bring everyone into the fold and just kind of let everyone do their thing. It's like, you know, I think, um, um, the term I always hear is like hiring by personality as opposed mm. to hiring by skill or hiring by your org chart. So I think that's a really, really important part is build, building a team that's based on what you need in the business as opposed to, you know, the people that you like. Yeah, it. I, I think I, I take it even one step further it, because you don't want to hire you. Because mm -hmm. you have you and you need somebody that does the things that you can't do. Yes. <laughs> so, and you, if you're a happy go lucky, do whatever kind of person, but you need somebody that's a, this is what we're going to do. This is when we're going to do it. This is how we're going to do it to balance <laughs> the, yes. the team. Right. Vicky, and, you hit it on the head. Yeah. And the other thing is that if you hire somebody I always hire for people with attitude. I can't, it takes, you know, years to change a person's behavior. So yeah. I don't want to hire somebody thinking I can make them have a good attitude. If they don't interview with a good attitude, I don't care if they have every skill I need. I can train skills. I cannot train attitude. Oh my goodness. Say that again. Yes. You cannot train attitude. People <laughs> say that again. Do not hire people that you get that bad gut feeling whenever you're interviewing them because I it will just agree. get worse. It will get worse. And mm -hmm. it's so important to hire s people who are self-motivated Yeah, because you know, you hire someone. I mean, like you said, you can train people. And to be honest with you, when I hire in my organization, I don't hire, you know, look, you know, I came from a legal background and, you know, the law school, you're like, oh, hire the rock stars. That's not really how I operate anymore. Mm -hmm. I hire people who have a good attitude, like what you said, mm -hmm. and are self-motivated. Yeah. And I can train them to do anything. And the way that I do it in our business, because it's different from everyone else's business, just because you've had years and years of experience doing it in someone else's business I mean that's not how it's going to work in my business yeah but if you can have someone who's self-motivated and has a good attitude you can train them you just what you said yeah. was gospel and and the other thing is uh, you know when you get that person has good attitude self-motivated if you share with them your vision your goals and they understand what their part in achieving the vision goal that they really feel they have a stake in the success they'll work hard for you. But if they're just thinking I'm here nine to five, I have, you know, I have no idea how my effort impacts the bottom line, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be harder to motivate them. 
You're right. You're right. And it's one of the one of the seven, one of the eight things that I always talk about as being problematic is because, you know, we have the first one of the things is that people, you know, as business owners, we must have a strategy. It's yeah. it's it's North Star, right? And then once you have the strategy, then you need to have some systems and procedures in place that how you actually do the thing. And then you need to be able to have exceptional execution. Yeah. If those three things are not connected, what the strategy is and then how it shows up in the procedures that you operate under mm-hmm. and then how you hold yourself, the business owner, as well as your team accountable to executing everything exceptionally then that's the problem. So if there's not, if they don't see the vision, yeah. they don't see the strategy, the strategic object objectives of your business, they don't know why they're doing this thing over here. They're <laughs> like, why right. are they doing that's this right. weird thing here? But if they see the vision, you'd be surprised. I have a, a yeah. funny story when we were building the Martin Luther King Memorial. You know, I mean, I'm like, you know, the vice president, director of of of, of development, right? And we've got a whole team working underneath me that are reporting into me right well we had one particular great event where we um where we were having a, one of the major trucking companies was wrapping all of their you know semi trucks um with the branding of the memorial for um a good two years and so we were going to be launching that sort of a, a press conference on the mm-hmm. national mall around this so we're all excited you know i was i felt very proud of myself because i helped to broker the deal and you know so they were they were sending one of their semi trucks onto the national mall vicky now you know the national park service does not do semi trucks <laughs> on the national mall so when we had when we got the permit they said if they get the the truck has to arrive by 5 30 a.m mm-hmm. if it doesn't arrive we will block them so we were on the phone with the guy you know texting and the turn he he made a wrong turn you know how washington yeah. made a wrong turn and it was hitting 5 30 and we saw him drive past where we were where the press conference oh, no. was gonna be at the site and literally, you know, I was there with two of my colleagues, both senior folks in the organization. You know, we're cute. We're wearing the high heels, girl. You know how we roll. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And <laughs> the makeup, the suits. And I see him drive by. And if he kept going, then it was going to be past 530. The National Park Service was not going to let him come in. You know, I was running. running. <laughs> I can see it. I took those heels off and I am running. And me and my colleagues were running down to get, we finally got him and got him to turn around the whole thing. But let me just tell you, people don't run in their cute shoes at 5.30 in the morning because of a job. That's right. They do it because they brought into a mission. Mm -hmm. And so when when people are bought into your mission, they'll be running at 5.30 in the morning in cute shoes too. That's right. Absolutely. Well, it is already time for us to do rapid fire. This All is right. where I will give you um, five different questions and mm-hmm. as quickly as you can mm-hmm. give me an answer. And again, right. some of these, it will probably, you know, not, not be a short answer, but as quickly as you can. I'll try to be as fast. <laughs> so we, I think we covered some of this already. Mm-hmm. How can an owner of uh, of a SME attract and maintain a rock star team. So we talked about getting that team, but how do you keep them? Because everybody's going to want them. Yes. 
make sure that you are honoring their skill sets. Make sure that you're creating a safe space for them to thrive in mm -hmm. their skills and making sure that you are rewarding their behaviors. Yeah. That's a key. Make, key. make them feel valued and worth. Make them feel valued. And it doesn't always have to be about money, Vicki. No, no, <laughs> for sure. Mm -hmm. so, I was just talking to someone today about the fact that, you know, with remote teams, it doesn't mean it's just like when you're at the office. If you have a team, you need to walk around, talk to them, find out what's going on, what's happening. Yes. And when you have remote teams, you just don't only call them when you have a problem or if you need something. You need to just call and say, how you doing? How what you can, doing? You know? How How's you your day? Yes. You know, just little things. Little, little things. things. Little mm -hmm. things. Those, you know, all of the, all of the, when, when the great resignation was taking place, place uh, a year or so ago. It's still taking place. Well, you know, there you go. But, um, you know, a lot of studies started, you know, going, you know, doing some studies around what was happening and what were people needing. And you thought that everyone was like, you know, a lot of people think, oh, people just want money, just want more money, want more money. But the real reason is they want to feel appreciated. Mm -hmm. They want to have to be given the ability to be to have the autonomy to decide when yeah. they work. It's just basic human stuff. It's not mm -hmm. it's not rocket science. Yeah. So, yeah, I completely agree. Treat your, treat your employees right. They'll stay with you forever. Right. What is important for founders of startups, again, to have that exit plan? Because, you know, they just they just built the thing. Why? <laughs> why, why, why should I think about my going away? <laughs> oh, I know. Because the other day, one of my aunts sold one of her, um, she had a, um, a, a child care facility, okay, for 15 years. One of the best child facilities, child care facilities in their community. Those wow. folks' family stayed with her until the last child was born. One of those type mm -hmm. of places. Yeah. She just retired, had nothing to sell, had no business to sell. She retired without being able to not only pass on the business, but be able to get equity out of it. Wow. You have to have a plan for the biz like what is your plan to exit so that you can yeah. build accordingly do you want to sell it then you begin to create procedures and policies and um sops that create a value mm -hmm. do you want to pass it on to your to your to your um children or your grandchildren then you need to be able to have a a plan for how you're going to fund that that mm -hmm. that that sale and that passing on there needs to be a thought process around it because you build your business based on mm -hmm. what the exit strategy is Right. So what is a small business champion? <laughs> I think, I think, you know, it's people like you and I that recognize the value of what small businesses bring to our communities, to the employees mm -hmm. that they hire, to the, to the local towns and, and cities that they live in mm -hmm. and how it impacts our nation's economy. And then it, it trickles up to the world. If we can begin to start looking at small businesses, it's not, oh, little things that are that, you know, little small people over here doing a small little cute thing, but that there is an important part to our economy, an important mm -hmm. part to the way that we live. Then we began to create policies around supporting small businesses. We begin to um, support the learnings of small mm -hmm. businesses. We begin to invest 
resources and provide funding for small businesses. And in the end, I think it only benefits, you mm. know, our communities. Our country was founded on small businesses. Hello, really. exactly. Mm. What do you consider your greatest accomplishment thus far? Well, you know, I would say professionally, it was definitely building the Martin Luther King Memorial. It's really so cool when I mm -hmm. scroll through social media and I see people taking like posting their pictures of being there and, and, and so forth. So I think professionally, that is my biggest accomplishment. I would say in my life, it's, it's being true to my values and being true to mm -hmm. the things that, you know, I've learned from my family and from my ancestors and, you know, just being true to who I am. Mm -hmm. I think because, you know, in a world like this, where there's so many things coming at you and so mm -hmm. many messages, I think it's really important to have a core sense of self, mm -hmm. know what your purpose is, know why you're here and live in that purpose and walk right. it out. Right. And I think that's, you know, I'm proud of that. Awesome. But what's the next path on your journey? Wow. Well, I would say, um, the business is going right. And I think, you know, I'd love to start experimenting with um, some software uh, type of things. You know, I'm noticing that there's so many things that business owners need by way of software to, to continue to run their businesses smoothly mm -hmm. that aren't really on the market. So I've been kind of, you know, looking around. I'm not a techie, but I'm looking around trying to figure out what are the best solutions to support small businesses? Because a lot of this, a lot of the software that's out there is really designed for large companies, particularly yeah. when you start looking about st strategy and, and strategic planning, as well as um, creating um, SOPs. So I'm mm -hmm. kind of tinkling around that little tech part of me. Yeah. Um, but I think personally, you know, I'm I you know I love to travel, and so the next step is really to continue to travel, continue to explore the world, meet different people, grow, understand different cultures. That's really yeah. something that's you know. Okay. That sounds awesome. Thank you. And I'm really glad that you and I were able to connect. Vicki, I love your podcast and what you're doing. It's Thank really, you. I mean, good stuff. I mean, I listened to like so many of them. I, like, I know. And I have a lot more to post yet. I know like... you have a lot. But what I love about you and what you're doing on your podcast is that you're bringing in great people, but it's like you're like you're hitting the needs of the audience in a way that because so many women oh, need to be able to, you know, sometimes you get clouded in your everyday day to day. Yeah. And I think the stuff that you're bringing out to the forefront is so important and so key. So really, thank you so much. Yeah, well, it is time for me to warn those audience members that if you were just listening in, you need to go grab that pencil and paper again, go grab the pencil and paper. We have T-R-A-F-A-L-G-A-R strategies, Trafalgar strategies. There's a city in Canada, Ontario, that's, I believe, something spelled similar to that or exactly that way. TrafalgarStrategies.com. It should be, right? Did I spell no, it? Just C-O. Okay, com. good. There's dot actually, I know there's a com. So there's another company that has com. I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> .co. Okay, good. So everybody, don't worry that the M is not there. It's C-O. And yeah. uh, she is on LinkedIn mm -hmm. with her name. So Carrie Ann hyphenated Powell mm -hmm. and Instagram. She is same Carrie Ann T like Tom P 
Powell. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's going to talk to you about the free gift that she has and how you can get it. Yeah. Oh, so basically I have an ebook. It's called the eight true culprits causing <laughs> chaos in your business. So if you're experiencing any of the chaotic things that I talked about or any other chaotic things that are happening in your business, this is a great book for you. It will help you identify the true, the true fundamental reasons why this chaos is happening and allow you to begin to, um, to, to fix it. And yeah. with that comes with one of the biggest ones we talked about, uh, Vicky's about cash flow. Again, 75% of business that fail, fail because of cash flow. So in that, I'll be also adding a, a cash flow projection spreadsheet, which will allow everyone to be able to sit down, oh. do a projection, you know, 12 months out and allow for them to really assess, hey, you know, what's my money really looking like? Because mm. sometimes, you know, sometimes we don't know, Vicky. Yeah, for so, sure. So sign up for the book if, if, if you think that you have some chaos in the business. <laughs> and again, that is at www.nobusinesschaos.com. Again, that's yes. nobusinesschaos.com. Because we don't want any business chaos. <laughs> that's right. No business right. chaos. <laughs> so it was so wonderful talking to you. You gave such a, a wealth of information. Great, great content for everybody, small business entrepreneur, or, you know, just sometimes just running a household. There's Hello. chaos there <laughs> as well. So take mm -hmm. on um, her gift. Uh, that's a great spreadsheet to, to get to keep you um, from not having that aspect of the chaos, at least. Visit yeah. her on her Instagram and her LinkedIn. And, um, you know, make comments below in the YouTube and or my website to let me know what you thought of this podcast. If you wanted to see more of this, we would love to have Carrie Ann come back and talk more about maybe specifically going through that spreadsheet so that people can use that tool and understand it's one thing to get the tool, but maybe sometimes we need help to use it. So you know, maybe we point. should come back. I'll be happy to do so. Yeah, I'll be happy awesome. to do so, Vicky. It's such a, such a pleasure to have spent this time with you. And you as of well. course, as the holiday approaches, I, I send that greetings to you and your family and everyone uh, out there. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Happy holidays to everyone. This is not going to come out though until January. So happy new year. <laughs> happy new year. <laughs> I dated us. <laughs> No worries. No worries. All right. As always, I'd like to remind everybody that life is a journey and it is up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nethling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nethling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.